Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Tuesday. It's time for Game Changers Radio. If you want to run with the Game Changers, as the man said, you are in the right place because this is where the best run. I have a quote from Coca Sexton, a sales experience and social media expert. Oh, and he has been on the show a couple of years ago. We hope to get it back at some point. And the quote will set us up nicely for our topic. Coca said, the idea that social selling is dead or dying is a bit over-exaggerated, but then he adds, cold calling should be dead. Let's just let that sink in. I also have a quote from the very renowned Mark Twain, Samuel Clements' original name. Uh, in 1897, he read an obituary, quite premature because he read it, about his death. And the comment he made in a London newspaper is, the report of my death was an exaggeration. That's the true quote. The commonly understood one is, greatly exaggerated. It just says an exaggeration. So what are we talking about? Ha! Okay. Not so soon with these obituaries. In conversations about account-based marketing, that's ABM, we keep hearing that cold calling is dead. Come on, if you're in sales, you know that. Don't pick up the phone and call someone. They're not going to talk to you. Email is dead. Say what? And social selling, which we now call digital selling, is dead. Are these true or false? I have to say it depends, and we're going to have our panel of experts chime in on this. The key to the longevity and the success of any channel, and there are so many ways to reach people, is what we call rocket fuel, the content. You need timely, targeted, and relevant messages. Why? You need to let people know you're there as a support person, as an information provider, as a relationship creator. You need to get into your target accounts. You need to drive ongoing buyer engagement over many channels. So it may be up to you which channels are actually still alive. Our panel of experts today, and I have some very very strong speakers here. We'll discuss whether, in fact, they believe digital selling is dying or dead. Maybe it's on the way out. And if so, is there something that will replace it or something that will complement it as it wanes? Let's just put it that way. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. As I said, it's Tuesday. It must be time for Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. This is Season 5 of this wonderful series, and I have to do a shout-out to Kirsten Boyleau at Waterloo Canada, SAP, for sponsoring the series. Let me tell you who my three experts are today, and then we'll get started. First up, in just a moment, I'll be introducing you to Paul Slack, the founder and chief strategist at Vendi Social. He's a newcomer to Game Changers. Also joining us today is Tom Martin, the founder of Converse Digital. I think I said that right, Tom. And rounding out the panel is Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. She's no stranger to Game Changers. She's been on many times, and we'll find out in a few minutes what she's been up to in her role at SAP. So welcome to the panelists. And let's start off with a quote Paul Slack at Vendy Social has sent us from Roger Staubach. If anybody doesn't know Roger Staubach, he's still with us. 1942 is his birth year. He was nicknamed Roger the Dodger, Captain America, and Captain Comeback. Why? He's a former 
American football quarterback in the NFL. He joined the Dallas Cowboys back in 1969, played in all 11 seasons of his career. He led them to the Super Bowl five times. He led the Cowboys to victories in Super Bowl VI, Super Bowl Twelve. He was named MVP Most Valuable Player of Super Bowl Seven. I'm sorry, six. I got to do my Roman numerals here. Becoming the first of four players to win both the Heisman Trophy and Super Bowl MVP, and he was named to the Pro Bowl six times. He's quite the winner. So here is the quote: "There are no traffic jams along the extra mile." Paul Slack, we love sports quotes. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie, and, and thanks for that introduction. Roger is uh, one of my heroes. I think you know more about him than I did, so I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm good friends with that. Wikipedia, Paul. Wikipedia is my friend the night before the show when I put my notes together. I discover things very often that even even the guests didn't know, so I'm I'm glad to add to the, the valid lore of Robert, Roger Staubach. Let's talk about this. We're talking today about is, in fact, digital selling dead, dying on the way out, and here you brought us a quote about the extra mile. So, Paul, can you relate your quote to the topic, please? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, being uh, living in Dallas, I've been a Roger Staubach Dallas Cowboy fan for a long, long time. And, you know, when I was a kid back in the 70s is when he was making all those runs to the Super Bowl. So excited uh, to just have him as a hero. And the reason why I wanted to use this quote, other than him being such a hero of mine, is he was kind of the uh, epitome of hustle. Uh, he would put forth that extra effort. You know, one of the things Bonnie mentioned is that, um, you know, he the comeback wins. And so what I, you know, you talk about this concept is digital selling dead. I don't think it's dead. I think it's very much alive for people that are willing to give that extra effort. What I'm seeing in digital selling is that a lot of people are, are kind of lazy and just trying to be in social and have a presence, but they're not willing to give that extra effort. And that's where all the opportunity is. Very interesting. Let me ask you a question, Paul. We talk about on this series, obviously, for five seasons now, what it takes to be successful in social selling. And the question is, is anybody just who's been doing it for a while, are they just along for the ride? Yeah, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to post, oh, let's say 12 tweets before 8 p.m. tonight. I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to join five conversations. Maybe I'll talk about things on Quora. And then, of course, I'll check my business Facebook page. Do you think there's a blah-blah feeling among people who have been doing it a while and are not going that extra mile because they're getting blasé? What's your, what's your observation, Paul? Well, it seems like there's a lot of people out there that are engaged in social selling or digital selling that are going at it just as you describe very robotically. You know, mm-hmm. these are the things. Here's my checklist. I need to do all these things every yes. day to engage in social. What they haven't figured out is that really social is about human beings interacting with other human beings, and it's just another medium for us to have human connections. And if we approach social from a perspective of I'm going to build and nurture relationships with other people. Some of those people I might be able to sell my products and services to at some point down the road, but mainly I'm connecting with people and helping them as they help me. That's that's a much better approach. Thank you very much. I like that. That was where I was talking about creating relationships. I think that's the whole people-to-people side of it, not just the robotic side. Although, the way robots are coming up the food chain, Paul, you never know when they might be having warmer, more friendly conversations, and we'll never know who they are. I say that with a little bit of futuristic in my voice. Thank you very much for opening the show with me, Paul Slack. We have a lot more to learn from you. Let me move around the table just a little bit to Tom Martin 
Martin at Converse Digital. I hope I'm saying that right, Tom. Converse as in conversation, correct? You are correct. Thank you very much. And Tom has sent us a quote. We're not sure who said this quote. And this was really an enigma, Tom. I did my research. Uh, We think it's from Dr. Phil, who claims to have invented it. It's been attributed as far back as the Bible. Billy Graham has supposedly said it. Every company preaches it. And Drake even sings it in the line. So I'm not going to go into a big bio of Dr. Phil because we're not sure it came from him. But it's a very popular quote. There's even a version about Christian life with the same exact words. So here's the quote, the non-religious version. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Act accordingly. Tom Martin, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you. Talk to me about this quote. I'm very, very intrigued. Intrigued, the life is a marathon, not a sprint. How does this apply to what's left of or the future of digital selling? Tom? Well, I think it's really indicative of the failure that most folks uh, fall victim to in digital selling and that, uh, as you were just talking with Paul a minute ago, they, they think that digital selling is, oh, I, I program all these tweets and LinkedIn posts, et cetera, or I enter conversations or I send this many LinkedIn mails or connection requests. And then what happens is people open up that door, you know, we open the opportunity for an actual conversation. And what happens is because the salesperson thinks that that life's a sprint and they're in a transactional mindset, they immediately come back at us and try to get the sale or push their product or their service or schedule 15 minutes with me. Here's my calendar link, yada, yada, yada. As opposed to understanding that this is really about using conversations as a way to make connections with people, connections that can grow into relationships, which ultimately convert into customers. And they don't understand that that's, that's a long kind of a longer pathway. Uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But the beauty is, is that if you focus on turning those conversations into customers through connecting and, and relationship building, you're, you're not in a transaction at the end of the day. You're in a relationship that can produce many, many transactions, both directly and indirectly in the form of referrals or social agency, as we call it. And so for me, I mean, this has always just sort of been a life quote of mine forever of, you know, this is how you should look at life. It's, it's a mm-hmm. marathon. Run it correctly. Uh, but I think with regard to digital or social selling, whichever you want to call it, uh, it, it really is the mindset that you have to take if you truly want to be successful in this realm and, and not just, you know, make lots of outreach on LinkedIn or, and Twitter that end up really not producing results for you, uh, which, you know, turning them into basically the modern day cold call. Thank you very much, Tom. Very, very interesting talking with Paul, as we just mentioned, about the robotic effect, the the uh, I have to do so many and fill my quota today. Uh, do you think, Tom, when, when you look at how people are using, we're talking about sales, and we're particularly focusing on B2B today, although we haven't said that. Uh, do you think that there's this ramp up of excitement? We know that uh, Sherelle can talk to this later on. If there's a need for formal training, for almost a mentorship with people who are doing this for the first time for their company, whether they're in sales, everybody basically is in quote unquote sales. Everybody represents their company in some way. Every time you're on social, you're an agency of the company. Company because everything you say, if you use a company handle or a company hashtag, can can reflect back on the company. Do you think that there's this excitement at first, and then it just becomes ho hum, and people say, "Oh yeah, I got to do this," and we go back to that quota frame of mind? What, what's your observation, Tom? 
Oh, I, I find two things. One, I find that, that a lot of times there may be less excitement amongst those in the sales force than there are in those either in the marketing group or the head of the sales force, the people that are trying to, you know, push forward a, a, a digital selling approach. Uh, but the missing piece tends to be that, that word mentorship. There are uh, too many companies, uh, they do get excited about it. Oh, we're going to go into social selling and they find, you know, someone to come in and do a workshop or some webinars and everybody gets all fired up and then everybody goes back to their desk and they expect that these folks are going to change longstanding sales habits that they have had their entire career. Uh, and, you know, Science tells us to change a habit is 60-ish to 90 days, depending on the complexity of the habit. So it's just kind of unrealistic because they don't necessarily build in a mentorship or a coaching component. So I don't think it's that people get whole hum. I think it's just you're asking salespeople to change sometimes very long entrenched uh, habits for how they prospect, uh, nurture, and close business. And you're not giving them that, that follow-up. You're not giving them that help that they need mm-hmm. in order to actually change the habit and adopt new habits. Thank you very much. That's what I was looking for. Is it, What are the effects? What's the impact of the non-impact of the follow-up? Thank you very much. We can't do it as a ho-hum, so it is not the sprint of, oh, look how many people I contact today. Okay, I'm done. Can't do that. Thank you, Tom. We have a lot more to speak with you about during the show. And now let's move one more seat around the table to Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP, who I said has been with us many times. And she has sent us a very interesting quote from Leo Tolstoy. Full name, Count Lev Nikolaevich Tolstoy, 1828-1910, usually referred to in English as simply Leo Tolstoy, Russian writer regarded as one of the greatest authors of all time. He received multiple nominations for the Nobel Prize in Literature every year from 1902 to 1906 and nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1901, 2, and 10. And his miss of the prize is a major Nobel Prize controversy. He's best known for the novels War and Peace, 1869, and Anna Karenina in 1877, and all kinds of interesting other comments on life and on his his uh, spirituality and nonviolent resistance. He was actually an inspiration for a Gandhi and for a Martin Luther King. There you go. Here's the quote Sherelle has selected from Leo Tolstoy. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. And Sherelle, we can add to that himself or herself or themselves, because this is 2019. Sherelle, welcome. How are you? I'm very good, Bonnie. So happy to be back. I hope you're well also. Very kind of you to ask. I'm very well, because I'm happy to be talking to you, Paul and Tom. You know I love doing this show. So tell me about this quote. We're talking about, is digital selling dead? Is cold calling dead? Is email? And now you're saying we have to think about changing ourselves. How does this, how does this link? Um, it links because we always have something or somewhere to put the blame. So checking yourself daily and when you feel like you're not at your best, you, you have to change. We like to put the blame on something else. It's boring, so I don't like to do it, referring to social selling or digital selling. So you need to change your paradigm of digital selling. What you're doing is boring. Find someone or something that you want to become and then use it as a benchmark and move towards that goal. Um, I like what Paul Tombo said, if you really want to connect with other people and create genuine relationships, then you have to put out genuine content. And so everything we do starts within. And so you, you think of changing the world, but you have to start with yourself. If all we do, um, 
if we all do what we need to do and we put out what we want, people will be attracted to us. It's as simple as that. Thank you very much. Do you think there's this excitement, this ramp up? Sherelle, you're, you're part of training, I believe. What Do you think people are really excited, even today in 2019, if somebody is told by their manager, yeah, we really want you to do more digital selling and we're going to give you this training and this mentoring and we're going to give you guidance and you're just going to go in there and do a wonderful job representing yourself and the company. Do you think there's this ramp up excitement that dies down quickly when it becomes, quote unquote, work? What do you think? I think it, it, it is actually work. Um, people see there, people see a separation between their personal digital um, activity and they see it separated from their work digital activity. And while the content may be different, I think the approach, we should look at the approach as the same. I know there are a lot of us, probably 90% of us that get up in the morning and we check some of our social platforms to see what friends and family are doing. If we have that same mindset and we don't look at it as work, it's much more digestible. But we look at it as another thing that we have to do. And I have to make these calls and I have these clients and I have to do this deck and I have all this other thing, all these other things. But if we look at our digital activity as a uh, break from all of the monotony, Mm -hmm. even if we're looking at professional content, it helps. Thank you very much, Rail. Always glad to have your input. Let's circle around the table. This is the part of the show where we get to know our panelists a little bit better with three ways. Number one, I'll ask each of you where you're calling from. City, state, country, region. We love a lake, an ocean, a continent, a hemisphere. That would be fine. Number two, I'll ask you, what do you love to drink? Because all of our shows emanate from the flagship series. I started in 2011 for SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers. doesn't have to be coffee. We just want to know your favorite drink. And number three, Three, what do you do? So, Paul Slack at Vendy Social, you're up first. Where are you calling from? What do you love to drink? What's your favorite, favorite, favorite drink, beverage in your cup, in your goblet, in your snifter, whatever you're drinking from? And tell us about your role and Vendy Social. Paul, go ahead. That sounds great, Bonnie. Well, I'm calling, or I'm in uh, actually in Dallas, Texas right now, in a little suburb called Flower Mound. Um, where there's a bunch of houses and no real businesses other than dentist office and um, grocery stores and restaurants and things like that. It's a bedroom community. I've lived here for, gosh, 20 years now and, uh, and love living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's where I grew up. Um, my favorite beverage, while I'm not drinking it right now because it's pretty early in Dallas time, um, is craft beer. Uh, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, I actually started making beer myself about 22, 23 years ago when I discovered that beer actually tastes good. I kind of grew up in the college years, you know, drinking things like the light beers that are out there today, and I thought that's all there was. And then one night I was at a bar in St. Louis, Missouri, of all places, and I had, I think, a Sam Adams. And I Mm -hmm. went, oh, my gosh, beer can taste good. And, And since that time, that's been one of my hobbies. I just like making craft beer. Very interesting. I, I was not introduced to beer until I went to a Super Bowl party at a boyfriend's house back in the early 1990s, and they had ordered in uh, Chinese food from a really good restaurant, and there was beer going around. There was a big uh, a big bucket with ice and beer bottles in it, and somebody said, okay, okay, Bonnie, you know, let's let's be brave. Have a beer. Join us. And I did, and I said, hey, this isn't so bad. I think it was a Coors Light probably, which is still one of my favorite light brands. So there you go. So much for our learning to drink beer. Very interesting. Paul, tell us, what is Vendy Social and what do you do there? 
Well, Vindy Social is a full-service digital agency. Uh, we do work primarily with B2B companies, so this topic of today is very uh, something we're really passionate about. Um, and what we do with B2B companies is primarily help them run digital campaigns that get them in front of their target audience and help them generate leads. And then we also work with them uh, in sales enablement, sales training, just helping them you know, figure out what is this thing called digital selling and how do my sales reps effectively engage in it and what is marketing's role as well as, you know, what is the salesperson's role. Thank you very much. Good to know. Are you global, by the way, Vendi Social, global clients? You know, we're, we're very much a boutique agency. Uh, Bonnie, a lot of our clients are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have clients uh, throughout the country, but, but pretty much focused in, you know, the central U.S. Thank you very much. Just curious. And thank you, Paul. Glad to know you. And let's move around the table to Tom Martin. Tom, same three questions. Where are you today? What do you love to drink or to create in the way of a beverage, if that's your pleasure? And tell us about your company, Tom. Uh, Well, I'm calling from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, where we are all still recovering from Mardi Gras. <laughs> and uh, this weekend was St. Patty's Day, so of course it's New Orleans. We throw parades when that happens. I happen to live right on the St. Patty's Day route, so I was um, therefore obligated by New Orleans unofficial law to throw a party for 150 of my closest friends uh-huh. and their children. Uh, so you forgive me if my voice is a little scratchy. It's uh, you sound great. You sound happy. Happy voices uh, are good voices, Tom. They are. So uh, normally I would be, uh, but like. Paul, it's early in the morning here, so I'm, I'm using coffee to stay awake. But normally it would be a, a nice glass of bourbon, um, you know, to, uh, something something higher end that we're celebrating, or maybe like a Buffalo Trace because it's just a, a day-to-day bourbon. Um, in terms of what we do here at Converse Digital, uh, very simply, we teach uh, organizations how to turn conversations into customers. And that tends to be in the format of workshops, webinars, uh, short and long-term consulting. Uh, and in some cases, we actually will do it for them. They'll ask us to fully manage their social, digital, uh, you know, front-facing uh, face that, that tends to be more in the B2C world. The B2B world tends to be more of the training side of what we do. And we service clients uh, really around the U.S., uh, though we do teach the workshops and keynotes, et cetera, uh, globally. I've, I've had the good fortune of you know, going as far away as Asia and, and little towns in Brazil and different things uh, to teach, mm. you know, how to turn conversations into customers. So kind of a cool byproduct of what we do. Very nice. Very, very nice. When did you found or, or establish the company, Tom? I established it on May 1, 2010. So we're, we're coming up on our nine-year anniversary. Well, congratulations. That's a nice anniversary to have. Thank you very much. Glad to have you on board. And Sherelle, we're moving around to you. So, Sherelle, update us. Where are you today? What do you love to drink? Maybe it's the same thing you said the last five times you were on, but that's okay. Who can remember that far back? And, Sherelle, what are you doing at SAP these days? So, I am in sunny Philadelphia. While it's going to be spring tomorrow, it is extremely cold here. I think we're in the 30s right now, but I am hopeful about the weather because here in um, Pennsylvania, we get free water ice from uh, the local uh, famous water ice franchise um, for the first day of spring. So I'm hoping that uh, it warms up so that um, we can enjoy that that treat tomorrow. Um, 
I am not drinking my favorite drink. I got fooled into drinking what I'm drinking now, but my favorite drink is a good old green smoothie. Um, as you know, I've been on my health kick. I went mm-hmm. to the market and found something called Welch's 100% Juice Sangria, and it says it's like two servings of fruits and vegetables. And I didn't see the part where it says it's non-alcoholic, so I should have known. <laughs> um, but I'm drinking it anyway. Um <laughs> But uh, sangria is one of my favorite things as well because it's it's very fruity and very refreshing. So that's what I'm drinking right now. Um, I'm on the Global Digital Selling Program team at SAP. Um, And right now, you know, we've been aligned successfully with the successes of other people that we provide support to. So I love this work that I'm doing because if I hear that someone has made it to Winter Circle because they've used digital selling methodology and we provided mm-hmm. the proper support for that person, then that's success for our team. And I love hearing those stories because that just convinces me that all of our work drives purpose. I'm also charged with the global gamification and e-learning. So it's just making sure digital selling is fun and incentivized and making sure that there are nuggets of knowledge around digital selling online so that our employees have the access to support when they need it. So that's what I've been up to. Thank you very much. Sherelle, I did look up, of course, you know this, Welch's, and I found out there is a sparkling sangria that says hints of grape and citrus flavors sparkle in this mock sangria, thumbnail, bubbly, thumbnail, this must be what they're saying on their site, non-alcoholic thumbnail special occasion. So it's at welch's.com slash product splash sparkling splash mocktails splash slash blah, sparkling dash sangria. So there is a non-alcoholic version. We'll just leave yeah, it. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the mocktails. I, I like the actual cocktail. But, you know, this will have to do for now. <laughs> Thank you very much. And just to keep it honest here, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. It's a beautiful sunny day. My camellia plant in my garden that my landscaper planted almost a year ago is in full bloom. It took it six months of winter trying to finally burst out those blossoms, and they're beautiful. However, when I woke up, it was only 34 degrees out today. So I'm assuming that a camellia is a winter slash spring plant, otherwise it wouldn't be doing so well. Yes, we are starting to see signs of spring. People are starting to till the gardens and put in the annuals and the perennials and have landscapers come in my neighborhood and it's it's nice to see, but it's still darn cold here. I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. Sherelle knows this and I'm saying it for the benefit of Paul and Tom because you don't know me too well. I'm only allowed to have water and you know why I can't have caffeine. You don't want to hear that one. So you're listening to this show, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is called Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio, but for the past four years it was social selling and Kirsten Boylow and her team at SAP decided we needed to upgrade the title from social selling to digital selling to keep pace with the time. So that's where we are. And today we're talking about channel checkup. Is digital selling dead? or anything related to that. We're speaking with three experts on the topic, already appreciating their savvy and their insights. Paul Slack at Vendee Social. If you're looking that up, it's V-E-N-D-E, and then the word social. Tom Martin at Converse, as in conversation, Converse Digital, and Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. We're going to take a quick break. 90 seconds is all. You can have something to drink, but stick with the non-alcoholic sangria if you're going to, because we want you to pay attention when you come back. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We have a lot more to talk about. Aaron, out.
business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with Digital Selling. Absolutely. Here we are. We're talking today. Our topic is basically, is digital selling dead? The context, of course, is is the, the concept of channels. How do you reach your customers? How do you target the target companies? We're talking about B2B, and we're talking about what do you have to do to keep it alive and fresh and make sure it's not just a quota-driven yada yada every single day. Speaking with Paul Slack at Vendy Social, Tom Martin at Converse Digital, and Sherelle Robinson Brand at SAP. Paul Slack is going to help me start the the roundtable, the formal roundtable, and here's what he told me before the show. Paul says, quote, too many sales reps are trying to use LinkedIn like Tumblr, and he will explain that. You can't swipe left or right to find a customer. Paul, please expand this for us. Go ahead. Well, you know, Bonnie, um, it kind of goes back to one of the things we were talking about at the beginning of the show, and that's you know, being a, a robotic approach to social selling or digital selling versus nurturing relationships. And it just seems like, you know, so many sales reps that are out there saying that social selling doesn't work is they're taking this, you know, magical lead generation machine approach to uh, sites like LinkedIn. Like, oh, all I need to do to find new customers in social selling is to get on LinkedIn, um, go find somebody that's, you know, an ideal prospect for my business, uh, send them a connection request. As soon as they respond back to me, you know, send them a Calendly link and say, hey, can we have 30 minutes or a cup of coffee to talk about uh, my services? And, you know, that may work on Tumblr. I, I've never been there, so I really don't know. I think my wife would get really uh, disgusted with me if she found that app on my phone. But I hear it's much more about, you know, swipe left, swipe right, find somebody that you might want to uh, go out on a date with. And we just can't have that attitude with social selling. It's much more about finding and nurturing relationships and being what I call a social media concierge. You know, your job is to be this professional introducer, this person that's out there trying to help others be successful. And by helping others be successful, ultimately, you're going to be successful yourself. Thank you very much. Very insightful. Can't have that quick fix. Tom Martin, join us. Agree or disagree with what Paul Slack just shared? No, no. I think Paul hits on... uh, sort of the core pain point that all of us feel is that, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about changing habits. Um, what's happened in social selling right now, and LinkedIn is, is, man, that's just such a huge, hugely perfect example of this, 
is salespeople are still making cold calls, except now instead of dialing a phone that you don't answer, they're sending a LinkedIn invite that more and more I find people are just ignoring. Uh, but when they, you know, when, when you do make the mistake, a lot of times of saying, okay, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to try this. This person actually sounds like they want to connect and you take it and then boom, right away, you know, Hey, let's schedule the, the calendarly call. It's just, it's that habit. It's that mindset of my job is to cold call and it's a numbers game. And if I get enough people to accept my, my connection request, uh, a certain number will actually fill out the calendar early, invite, and set up a call with me, and a certain number of those I'll be able to you know, move further down. That's the mindset that's pervaded sales for as long as I've been in this career and, and you know, preceded me. That's what has to change. People have to understand that the beauty of a social selling or digital selling approach is that it really gives you a way to open doors and uh, create um, content conversations that your prospects will invite into their lives as opposed to use any technology possible to ignore. And once you get that mindset, once you start to practice the discipline of, of digital selling from that mindset, all of a sudden you start figuring out that, oh, wow, I'm getting more conversations. More conversations are more connections. More connections create more conversions. And all of a sudden you're a very successful salesperson. Thank you very much. Sherelle, please join the conversation. I'll weigh in. Um, I think that we're doing this, again, like Paul and Tom said, in a robotic manner. And what we have to recognize is that even though platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter, when you're using them for your professional platform, should remain very diplomatic and very non-political, non-religious, and non, uh, you know, chaotic, you have to remember that all focused around the information that you put out and what you're listening to before you start to put that information out. So, again, I'll go back to my four concepts, branding, listening, prospecting, and sharing. If you're not branding and listening, you're not going to get the benefits of digital selling as if you were actually putting the time in and putting the work in to find out what your customers and prospects need. Before you can engage in any digital activity, you have to have a complete and professional profile, and you need to make sure you know what issues and challenges that your customers and prospects are dealing with. And when you focus on those things, you'll focus on less. You'll focus less on what digital selling can do for you, because again, you're doing something and putting that information out and projecting your professional um, opinions out into the uh, digital universe per se. So you need to know who you want to connect and engage with. And, you know, when you connect and engage, just sending an invitation and having someone accept it, like they said, is not enough. You have to connect with people because you have something to offer them. Sometimes you connect with them because you need help from them. So this is, it has to be a humanizing and an organic process. That's what we need to make sure. Thank you, Sherelle. Good conversation around the table. Paul, I'm going to jump over to some comments from Tom to to keep this moving. Tom, here's something interesting in your notes. You say sales is all about the three Ps, proximity, presence, and preference. And then I'm looking farther down in that comment. You say the gap that most salespeople can't get over, though, is the presence step. Tom, can you tell us more, please? This sounds very provocative. Yeah, well, the idea of, of presence is is being you know existing in that moment where you're trying to have a conversation with someone, and in a lot of the roboticism 
roboticism, I don't know if that's a word that, that Sherelle <laughs> refers to, I think is, is emblematic of that mindset. Um, you see it, you know, I don't want to pick on millennials because everybody picks on them, but you do tend to see them do this more often where if they, even when they are in a face-to-face environment, they'll open that phone and they're, they're in that phone when they're having an opportunity to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody who might be a prospect or a social agent there. And what that, that subconsciously communicates to that individual is they're not really present in this conversation. They're looking at another conversation on their phone. But the same thing happens just in, in you know, general social media or digital uh, conversations. People are distracted. They're you know, on social media, but they're also doing email or vice versa. Uh, or they're on the phone and you can tell they're doing their email or you can tell they're responding to a social media post or a text while they're having a conversation with you. People just aren't present in the moment and giving their undivided attention to another individual. And, and one of the things I always like to tell salespeople is, look, your job is really to seduce this individual. You're trying to seduce them to come to your your product, your service. And the most seductive thing you can do uh, to another person or for another person is to just give them your complete and undivided attention. It's mm-hmm. sexy because it doesn't happen very often, especially yeah. in this world of, of, of digital. And so when you do that, people recognize it and it kind of turns them all over. It makes them want to keep talking to you because it's a unique and special feeling that they're not getting from anybody else and they sure as heck probably aren't getting it from another salesperson. So if people will be that, that they'll be present, if they'll focus on it, that just creates this really fertile opportunity for them to then create preference on the part of the prospect for the whatever solution or company they represent. Thank you very I have much. A question. Oh. Sure, go ahead, Sherelle. I actually have a question about that. Isn't it more seductive to send them video? Because I feel like video converts better. Mm-hmm. And millennials are watching like 50 plus hours of video content per week. And if we're working a 40-hour week, they watch more video hours than they put in work hours. So video is a way to virtually seduce someone as well. And make they're that eye contact. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're seeing who you are and what you can actually have to offer. I think that can add to the, you know, the, the piece of being seductive and, and captivating. Good question. Let's ask no, Tom would, first and then totally Paul. I agree with that. Yep. No, I would totally agree with that. In fact, I, I use a lot of short video um, I like to uh, wish people a happy birthday when, when it's their birthday because it's just a really easy excuse to reach out and touch somebody once a year. And uh, I've started just recording short little videos of me actually saying happy birthday or trying to, you know, give them a little personal personal message uh, and, and just texting it to them or, or sending it through like a messaging program. And it has been great. I mean, people love it because, again, it's different, it's unique, but it's, it's like your stance, Rel, is that they can see you, they can see that, you know, I'm really excited about wishing you a happy birthday. I'm not just a robot going, oh, hey, here's a chance to touch again, here's a chance to post mm-hmm. or send an email. I'm actually, you know, trying to make a connection with you. And they love it. And a lot of times you'll just get a text back. A lot of times you'll get a phone call back. And they're like, dude, that was awesome. You made my whole day with and, that. And then a lot then, of... Yeah, right. also when you send the video, it's a level of transparency that they don't normally get. You can put anything in an email, but seeing who you are <clears throat> provides yes. some level of transparency and it, it, it creates a level of trust between you and that person that's sort of unmatchable. It also, yeah. let me yeah. just chime in, and I want to get Paul's comments, but Sherelle, I'm going to chime in here. The fact that you took the time to make a video for them 
to talk to them, to video-wise make eye contact with them, to use their name, to talk to something that interests them. Isn't, isn't that part of the magic, Sherelle? Absolutely, it's part of the magic. And again, you know, even though you're not looking at that person, you put your eyes on the camera where the, the lens is, it looks like you did it for me. And so yes. for you to go through that trouble to make a virtual, very, you know, you know, unconnecting piece of media become rich and, and, and applicable to me, that's where you get them at. That's correct, Bonnie. Thank you. Paul Slack, we got to get your voice on this one. Go ahead. Yeah, boy, uh, good stuff here. Um, I, I definitely love video. We're doubling down with video this year and getting our clients to do that, too. I can tell you a real quick success story. Um, did a video last week. One of the things I'm wanting to do at Vindy is turn all of my team into uh, movie stars, and I've told them that. Mm-hmm. And so last week I shot a video, and, and I'm, we're doing one-take videos. My goal is to try to do two to three a week. And last week we did a video on LinkedIn lead generation. And one of our folks that actually runs those campaigns, I put them on camera and I interviewed them for like a minute and a half and just said, tell me what's working. And uh, lo and behold, this weekend, I got a message through LinkedIn from a guy that's been connected to me for over 10 years on LinkedIn that I've never tried to send him a Calendly invite. I've never tried to, you know, engage him other than share useful information. And he reached out to me and he said, hey, I saw your video. I need to talk to you. And in fact, my next meeting after this is a face-to-face sales call with him. So video works, social selling absolutely works. I, I love, Tom, what you said about seducing the customer. And that's, I'm going to steal that line, by the way. I think that's awesome. We say a similar thing when it comes to content planning. And I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but um, hmm. you know, I used to make mixtapes for girls that I was into when I was in high school, right? And so when I'm trying to help <laughs> businesses think about creating really good, remarkable content, I go, think about it like you're making that person or those people, that audience, those personas, a mixed tape. You know, like if you're really into a girl, you're going to think about what bands does she like, you know, what types of songs does she like, and you're going to put all that together to really entertain them. And that's kind of what you're saying, Tom, when it comes to seducing your customer. It's really trying to, to get in their mind and give them um, your attention and what they want. And so I love the idea of being in the present moment. And what's great about social, in my opinion, is it's a great networking opportunity, but it's also asynchronous. We can be in the moment even when we're not there, right? We can leave that message and go away and do something else and then come back and engage with that person in an asynchronous way. Very well put. Uh, Tom, before you speak, I want to add one more thing from your notes that I think fits perfectly. This is where I wanted to go. Sherelle, I'm glad you dove into the conversation, but I want to add this. I think this will wrap up this part of our conversation. Uh, Tom adds, propinquity is really what drives effective social selling. So this is the fourth P. The greater the physical or psychological proximity between people, and I'm adding the parentheses, think video if you can't be in the room with them, the greater the chance they will form relationships. Tom, give me a couple of words on this, and then we're going to see what Paul and Sherelle think. Well, it's, uh, congratulations, by the way. You, you actually pronounced it correctly. Nobody ever pronounces it correctly. Um, but, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, which is probably why the, the publisher wouldn't let me make that the title of the book when I wrote the book. But the, all that aside, um, propinquity comes to us from the social sciences, and it's, it's actually the law of propinquity is what you just read and, and paraphrased. And what scientists have, they've studied this, you know, gosh, over almost like the last hundred years, 
And what they've consistently found is that the number one uh, determining variable of future relationship formation is propinquity. So if, if you can create propinquity between you and another person, meaning pro- really fancy word for proximity, if you will, but if you can do that consistently over time so that, you know, you're, you're basically kind of like dating if you think about it, and each and every time they meet you, they, you know, learn something new about you and they don't dislike what they're learning, over time, they're going to learn enough things about you that sort of math takes over. They're going to find a critical mass of like points that's going to make them want to actually enter a relationship with you. It's, it's, think about how we, you know, to go back to Paul's mixtapes, you know, that's, that's kind of what dating's all about. It's kind of what seduction's all about. And it's really what selling's all about, you know, is we as people and companies and, and organizations need to create propinquity through not just our salespeople uh, reaching out and touching prospective customers, but our content, making sure that we find, you know, where are our potential customers hanging out? What are the propinquity points around the world, the internet, et cetera? And how do we make sure that our content, be it video or voice or, or text, is at those locations where people can just stumble across it, run into it, and all of a sudden become aware of us and our organization and what we do. Maybe they stumble across another piece of content and, and so forth and so on until you start to build this propinquity, which then creates the presence, uh, preference, and, and ultimately, uh, you know, hopefully a new customer. Thank you very much. You know, we're, we're about two minutes away from our predictions round. So let me just go around the table of the law of propinquity. I love that. I have to crochet that on a pillow or the, I don't know, somewhere, scroll it on the back wall of my house or something. Tom, uh, let's get, let's get Sherelle's comments on propinquity and then Paul Slack and then Paul, you're going to get ready with your prediction in a couple minutes. So Sherelle, what do you think about that? The proximity between people? How effectively does video close that gap or create that visual link, even though one person is taped, if you will, filmed, if you will, recorded, if you will, and the other one is watching it live. So what's your thought on that, Sherelle? So I, I heard of this term propinquity through a working women's seminar that I went to a little while ago. And I think propinquity plays a, a role in everybody's everyday life. Like, remember that expression, far from the eye, far from the heart? I think the negative version of propinquity is if you don't come into physical contact with someone, you tend to lose contact with them. The more you see someone, the more you like them. So with digital selling, in in terms of digital selling, if you're not out there and your customers and prospects are and they're not seeing who you are, digital may be, I think I may have to talk about digital on my predictions because I think, you know, digital selling is not going anywhere. But... um, Video and, and, and rich media, that's going to be the next prediction. I, I think that's going to be the next best thing. We have these, you know, uh, virtual platforms and all of that, so we need to talk about digital and we need to talk about rich media and how it falls in line with, um, with each other. Thank you. Thank you. Paul Slack, thoughts, please, on propinquity. So, you know, one of the things that we say at Bendy is that people don't buy from companies or brands. They buy from people who care. And so propinquity is all about leading with caring. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about leading with value. Nobody's going to care about your value until you've proven that you care about them, that you see them as a human being, and that you care about helping them accomplish whatever the goals they're trying to accomplish. And propinquity, I think I said that right, uh, Mm -hmm. is going to give you the opportunity 
you know, in a, in a human to human person to person way or in an asynchronous way with video or, you know, Hey Tom, here's a article that I read the other day that I think based on what you were telling me, you know, a week ago that this would be useful. And I'm just going to share that with you because I'm, I care about you. And it's that caring that I think propinquity <laughs> brings to the table. Uh, and you're not going to sell anything until that person on the other side of the desk knows that you care and that you're on the same, actually same side of the desk with them. Thank you. And before I get your prediction, uh, Sherelle, I have to tell you, I looked up far from the eyes, far from the heart, and the Internet claims it's an Italian proverb, and I'm going to tell you how it sounds in Italian. Lontani d'agli occhi, lontani dal corore, cuore. Okay? How'd I do, Sherelle? Can we, can we deal with that? I, I, I'm not Italian, but it sounds okay to me. Thank you very much, Paul. Paul the pause that refreshes. Paul Slack, it's time for predictions. I could give you 60 seconds. What do you predict will change about this topic? Digital selling, dying or dead? Is it just up to the user to figure out how to, how to put something together that will embrace the law of propinquity? That's going to be our word of the day, Tom. Uh, <laughs> everybody pronounce along with me. Propinquity. I love it. Propinquity. And, uh, yeah. Propinquity rocks. So, Paul Slack, you're up 60 seconds predict something on our topic go ahead you know i think one of the key points i wanted to make is i don't think digital selling is dead or anywhere near dead i think spam is dead and spam has been (laughs) dead for a long time people are using social media to spam others and so please quit spamming people and start building real relationships and i think humans are going to continue to connect with humans and as technology continues to evolve and give us ways to have more human connections in a digital format, we're going to see buyers continuing to gravitate in that regard. So I believe buyers are going to still be needing information that we can provide to to them as marketers, as sellers. And I think sellers are going to learn that they are their own personal media company, that every, every seller out there represents the business that they work for, but also themselves. And they're a media company and they're audience, if you will, or their connections. And they're going to have to learn how to embrace that. Uh, And then ultimately, uh, Bonnie, you kind of alluded to this. I think robots are going to take over the world. I mean, that's what Terminator is all about, right? And I think that AI is definitely going to play a very big role in helping sales and sales organizations automate things so that sellers are freed up to do more caring and more relationship building. Thank you very much. Very wonderful. Tom Martin, you're up. I can give you, oh, you can take 90 seconds if you want. Well, I, I would uh, I would predict uh, I'm going to go really bold here. I'm going to predict that you're going to change the name of the show back to social selling uh, <laughs> after companies worldwide start to understand what the heck social selling really is and stop defining it uh, as as selling on certain platforms, but instead what what I've always thought it was and, and what we teach it as when we when we teach organizations is that social selling is teaching sales teams how to sell by being social. And that when you change that frame of reference where it's less about selling and more about social and being social and practicing the good graces of a social person, conversations, being helpful, uh, putting the other person's you know, needs ahead of your own and, and trying to be a, a good steward of that conversation and of that relationship that when you can teach people to really approach sales from that social mindset, beautiful things happen, beautiful, successful things. So I think that once salespeople around the world really get this, you're going to see social selling elevate and actually become sort of a selling theory 
um, not uh, unlike you know conceptual selling and, and all the philosophies you know that have, have come before us. And at that point, then you are going to change the name of the show back, and it's going to be focused on social selling as opposed to platform-based definitions of selling. You are very kind to say that. Okay. We'll have to talk to Kirsten. Sherelle, you're up. I've got 65 seconds for you, Sherelle. What's your prediction? So I totally agree with my two other panelists. I I feel like social media, and I agree, social media is going to come back. It's going to be social instead of digital. Digital is so not personal. Social is more warm. But the shelf life is infinite due to the benefits that it has on personal and business relationships. So when the apps that we deem popular phase out, they're going to be, there's going to be something else to take its place. Social, digital, whatever you want to call it, is not going anywhere anytime soon because it's virtual and it's wide-reaching and it's somewhat anonymous and therefore it's invincible. Wow, that was a strong prediction, Sherelle. Thank you for that. I have my prediction of my own. Paul Slack, Tom Martin, Sherelle Robinson-Brown, I'm inviting you, all three of you, to come on our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers, in either April or May. I will send you a date to continue this conversation because that's our biggest audience, and we can just pick up where we left off today. So I hope you will accept my invitation, and I want to say thank you for your savvy insights and your energy. Sherelle, glad you dove in with the idea of video. Really Park things up. I really appreciate that. So here's my call to action. First, I want to thank again Kirsten Boyleau and AJ uh, Mohammed Arif at SAP for putting together a wonderful panel. You outdid yourself on this one, AJ and Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Thank you so much. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Do it in person in some way, whether it's video or presence, just like Paul Slack at Vindy Social, just like Tom Martin at Converse Digital, and just like Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back at 12 noon with a phenomenal episode of our new series, Game Changing Technology in Sports. We're talking with someone who is a marketing director at Cirque du Soleil today about circus arts and technology. You don't want to miss that. Here on the Business Channel, 12 noon today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.